Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Complete Sinner's Guide. And the reason I'm laughing right now is because God's timing is absolutely perfect. I am your host, Tyler Fowler. And with me, as always, my two co-hosts, Mr. Noah Chalaya and Mr. Joshua Davidson. Guys, how hey. is it going tonight? What's going on? What is up? Hey. No, I... I, it's funny, man, because I was like, hey, um, how much more time do we got? Bang, da ding 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 And I was like, oh, okay, right now. So, anyway, that's kind of... <laughs> we that, wrapped, that was the, we wrapped the prayer and we started the show. We did. We wrapped up the prayer, we started the show, and that's how it should be. Like, I, I love... Ah, uh, I love God, man. Like I've got like just this new fire. I don't know what it is. We we were off last week and in this week, in this week that we've been off. Like I've just got this new fire that I want to talk about Jesus. I want to help lead people to Christ. I want to show the world who Christ is and I want as many people to hear it as possible, right? Like that's that that's the goal of CSG. That's what I've been saying this entire time that we've had CSG going is that I want as many people to hear about Jesus Christ as possible. So, with that being said, please like if you're listening to this episode right now, like, share, subscribe to our YouTube YouTube channel, like our Facebook page, and if you got a question about sacraments, that's what we're talking about tonight with Joshua Sherman back with us for like the 15th umpteenth time in the last couple uh, <laughs> months now. And 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 we love him and and man this this guy dude, he's up and coming YouTube uh star tending our nets as the podcast uh YouTube channel that he runs. So please go check that out. But Josh Sherman, man, what's going on? How you been uh, since the since we had last week off? You know, uh, how you been, dude? Since then? Oh, I, I, I'll tell you, I needed the the week in the interim <laughs> to prepare for this a bit more. So, <laughs> uh, Fair yeah, enough. doing pretty well. Uh, yeah. So for for those who don't know, uh, Tyler got me to read uh, most of what Calvin wrote on this in the Institutes. Um, so uh, that was definitely no. A you journey. got a cheer and, button. We need, um, yeah. we need like I, I do, a crowd I do have cheering. a cheer button. Is that what we do now? Yes. yes. All right. So if you got the cheer button, Josh, say that again. Tyler got me to read Calvin, and then Noah nailed that <laughs> cheer button. Okay. Like, I gotta get Tyler it. got me to read Calvin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. If I was on camera, like, you'd see me bow and, you know, doing the whole little... Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. So I'd uh, like I'm to sorry. thank all and, the little. And the no. other Joshua, he was reading. Uh, he was reading about Arminianism. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, to, to, to be fair, I was also reading from uh, N.T. Wright and from uh, an Orthodox priest. So there's a whole bunch in the mix. We can give that a cheer. Yeah, we can we can lift that up, man, for real. All right. So and and see, that's the cool thing because here's the thing. So Josh Davidson and I were kind of talking about this, right? And we have a really interesting view whenever we look at the sacraments through the Protestant lens. And looking at this from the Greek Orthodox lens is, man, and, and Josh Sherman, you and I were talking about this off air too. It's a trip, right, to see the two differences. There's similarities and there's differences because think about it, right? And this is what, you know, Sherman, me and you were talking about is that yeah. Calvin, though a Protestant, so he's breaking off from Rome. So there's obvious differences there in baptism and what we're going to be focusing on more tonight, the Eucharist. And by the way, if you've got a question about this, please please call us 1-855-450-6624. Again, that number is 
450-662-4624. If you've got a question for me, Joshua Davison, Joshua Sherman, or Noah about the sacraments, please call us in and thank you for listening to us over at KEQQRadio.com. We really, really appreciate it and we love you all. But yeah, if you got a question, give us a call. But Josh, like I was saying, so we view the sacraments differently, right? And so with this, with the Greek Orthodox lens and, 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 the Protestant and Rome, like uh, to get you to read Calvin, like I'm glad that what you said, you know, it challenged you and, and to see that because there is a difference, right? There's, there's a split with Calvin and Rome. Then you have the split between Greece, you know, the Greek Orthodox and Rome. And so to see where Calvin and these guys, you know, differ and line up together is a trip in and of itself. (laughs) And I'll let you explain that a little bit more. Uh, if oh, you man. want to, but, but what was it? Cause yeah. you texted me, you said that you were challenged. So what specifically was it about Calvin that challenged you? Well, it's, so what's interesting to me reading him is, is that he, like a lot of, of more kind of, I don't know if you want to say organized or systematic or, or, you know, law minded. Cause he was a lawyer <laughs> um, right. scholar. He tends to dive into detail on every single piece of something. And then you're kind of left to go, okay. I think I understand how you're fitting all of these together, but I could also fit the pieces together in a few different ways and mm-hmm. some of them work and some of them don't. And so how do I do that? You know? Um, so it's, it's always an interesting thing, I think for me to, to dive into that. And part of it for me, that was a challenge is, is just that this, this is fairly new to me anyways. Uh, so Same. I've definitely just grown up in, uh, traditions where, you know, when you talk about taking communion, it's, the symbols that help you remember (laughs) and that's kind of it, you know? Um, And that's not to say that I I'm suddenly diving into, you know, full transubstantiation or anything. Like I I don't know entirely what to think, but I wanted to kind of just intro a little bit of maybe some of the the big picture things that I see in scripture that made me start to think maybe there's more to this. Um, Mm -hmm. And by doing that, I think what we can do is avoid getting kind of siloed into the usual discussion where, you know, everything just kind of gets in, into this, these minutia of, you know, well, do you think it happens exactly this way or this way? Is it, you know, transformed? Is it a symbol? Is it in with an under? What is it? You know, and people yeah. get it on their side so fast, we can't even really put it in, in perspective, kind of in a larger biblical context. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, I, I wanted to maybe talk a little bit about some of those larger frames that I see that helped me to kind of think, oh, maybe more is going on here. Right. And then get into the Eucharist a bit. And, and, and again, ask some kind of bigger picture questions. Because to me, I think it's it's really that question of, you know, what is this, or what are we doing? Is this just us as a group? Or is this something that is like heaven and earth are meeting somehow, right? right? That's kind of the first thing for me. The second thing is, what does that do for us as a group and not just us as individuals? Because I think we lose sight of that a lot in the mm-hmm. modern practice of taking communion. It's about me and my sins and getting right with God and his sacrifice for me right. and his forgiveness for me. And I kind of forget there are people next to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. like yeah. communion is actually meant to involve them. So that's kind of the second thing. And then the third thing is just looking at it and saying, you know, is this something where we're just get, coming together and God's kind of blessing what we're doing? Or is there mm-hmm. something kind of bigger picture here where this is looking forward into the future, yeah. into into the community that God has called us into that is the meaning of heaven and earth? It's also maybe even the meaning across time right. of, you know, us and the kingdom of God that like us experiencing what the kingdom will be like then a mm-hmm. little bit now. Right. And like, 
those are all <laughs> dude it's like so. here's the thing it's like we're living in all the things that we read about in the old testament right all those things that they pointed to that they typified and shadowed mm-hmm. we're living that we're experiencing that and joshua davidson and i've been talking about you know experiencing versus knowing like the difference between knowledge and actually going through something right and and so and, and all the different repercussions of that in and of itself. But I think yeah. you I think bringing this subject up about the sacraments, about the ordinances, because even people that, you know within Christianity call them different things, right? And there's reasons mm-hmm. for that, right? And just yeah. just so you if you don't know the Eucharist, what we're talking about here is normally referred to you know in Protestant circles as as the Lord's Supper, communion. Whenever mm-hmm. you take the bread, you eat the bread, you drink the wine, you confess your sins. Some people have have a corporate prayer some you know it but but it's meant to and, and we're going to get into this later but it's meant to remember Jesus's death as well as and here's the interesting thing does it have some spiritual impact on us do we receive grace in partaking of the sacraments of doing these ordinances that Jesus said but before we get into that I you know what yeah. man Josh Josh Davidson and I we were talking and I got a question. And by the way, it's it's Jimmy's birthday today. Happy birthday, Josh. Like, yeah, how, thank you. I, just can I ask, how old are you, my friend? How long have you been on this God's green earth that, you know, we have to roam around on? Uh, I was born September 24th, 1989, which makes me 32. You're 32 years old. Hey, I was born 1990. So Yes, my wife was born man. in 1990. She was. She, she and was, yet, what you she all was, make me feel old. How old are you, Josh? <laughs> I'm 41. You are old, my friend. I love you, though. I know. <laughs> 41. Hopefully, hopefully uh, there's some wisdom that comes with that. I think that's debatable. But <laughs> And Noah is, I forget, Noah, fine, how old are you? I have. I don't think I've ever aged past 25. I just continued to celebrate <laughs> the anniversary of my 25th birthday. So there I'll be go. celebrating the 10th anniversary of my 25th birthday in December. There oh, yeah. Very good. That was Fair a good enough. way of putting that. I like that. Yeah. I, I think he's 30. 30. No, I'm, what? 30. I'm 25. Did you? 20. Just, you're 30 something. I'm 25. You are 30 something. <laughs> Noah will always be 25. Well, see, then th- if that's how we're doing this, then this is my second 16th birthday. Congratulations. <laughs> there you go. My second 16th. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet 16 right. squared. But here's the question I want to propose to you, Josh. So Josh so Josh and I, Josh, that I'm going to talk to Josh about later, and I'm going to ask you, Josh, now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Joshua Sherman, <clears throat> what is Christianity? This is something that Joshua Davidson and I were talking about. And with the – so here's what CSG, CSG is doing, for those who don't know. We're going to get 10 episodes together. And these 10 episodes are going to be special. I can't tell you exactly how they're going to be special because that's what we're all still trying to figure out, right? But I promise you one thing, and Noah, you can actually chime in on this, uh, and and if you would, please chime in on it. But here's what CSG kind of wants to do. Actually, Noah, I'll let you go ahead and intro that. What are these 10 episodes? So what we're looking to do is... As content creators, we know that the most valuable thing that you can give us is your time and your ears. And so we want to earn that. And we want the word of CSG to spread. Actually, really, we want the word of God to spread. We want to do that through CSG because we believe it's a tool to serve God's kingdom. And so what we're looking to do 
is to curate Amen. the next 10 episodes. Next, not, not the next, literal next 10 episodes, but when we get to the point that we're ready to launch this, the next 10 episodes that follow will be curated. We'll pray about each episode. We will plan each episode. We'll pray some more about each episode. We're going to read God's scripture and understand what God wants on those biblical topics, and then we're going to present them to the best of our ability. What we need from you, the listener, is you have a friend, or maybe it's not a friend, maybe it's a foe, maybe it's somebody in your life that you say to yourself, this is the person that I've always wanted to have a conversation with about Jesus, this person I've always wanted to explain something to, mm-hmm. but you just don't think that conversation would go well. We want to create a resource that people can look at and say, oh, you want to learn about what a relationship with Jesus looks like? Well, tell you what you do. You go to feed.completecenters.com and you click on this particular link. This will explain everything. Well, I've had a bad experience with the church. No problem. We want you to go to feed.completecenters.com and click on this link. That will explain everything. Well, I have questions about how the Bible, I read it, but I don't understand. No problem. You go to feed.completecenters.com you click on this link. That will explain everything everything. We think it will take about 10 episodes to do that, but we want to create a comprehensive resource for people that say, Hey, uh, no matter where you are in your spiritual life, this applies to you and this can be an on-ramp for you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's why we encourage so many people. Like if you're listening to the live show now, call in, say, Hey, you know, we want to interact with our listeners. We want you to be just as much as part of CSG as we are for you guys whenever we come to this, you know, every week to give you guys the content that we think that you like, that we think that you'll, you know, will benefit and grow spiritually from. That's what we want to do. We want to show you, and you might be that person. You might not even know anybody. You might need this for yourself. And so we want to give this to you. Like Noah said, all we need from you, though, is your time and your ear. And, and and again, thank you so much for that. So again, that number again one eight five five four five zero six six two four. But that's the thing. So so now, Josh Sherman, the reason we say all that is Josh, uh, Jimmy, and I were talking about what is Christianity. Like, what would be a good definition for Christianity itself? Because it seems even subjective in today's mm-hmm. culture, right? So let me. I just want to pose the question to you, brother. What is Christianity? Oh, man. Um, so obviously we can talk, you know, some of the, the normal buzzwords about religion or personal relationship or things yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, what's captured me, my kind of just vision lately is looking at it even kind of big picture uh, from the standpoint of, of the incarnation and just saying that, you know, Christianity is a recognition that Jesus Christ, the son of God, came to earth in the in the, the form in the flesh right? Uh, as a man. And he did that because he wanted to, to include us as people in the fellowship that he shares with the Father and the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so we become part of the embodiment of Christ together through faith in Jesus. That's huge. And like, I don't really even totally understand all of what that means, but it's a whole lot bigger than just, yeah. I have a ticket to heaven or I feel yeah. better about myself, or or whatever. Or I might get a little bit more money, or I might get this job, or I might benefit in some way from this. It's bigger than that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, in a sense, you might say it's living your best life, but not in the way that people usually <laughs> talk about it, right? That's it's right. Like, yeah. like, literally, like I'm dying to myself Be- that I, so that I can live my best life as Christ lives in me. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Know? Right. That's right. That's right. And and Christ is our example, right? This is God made flesh. Christ is God in the flesh, the literal incarnation. And you're going to hear that word a lot tonight, incarnation. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I really got a feeling because whenever we Whenever you become in Christ, like Josh was talking about, whenever you're united to Christ through faith in baptism and different things like that, right, your world changes. And this does become, or, or you know, it, this does become our best life in a sense because we're prepping, we're being made like Christ in the tribulations and the struggles. Paul and Peter and even Jesus still said rejoice. What did Jesus say whenever people talk bad about us? Rejoice in it. Why? Because all of that is making us more like the king himself. And that's part of this. This is why we're talking about the sacraments. Because in some lenses, in some cultures, they actually believe that this gives you grace. This makes you more like Christ. In that sense. And I want to talk mm-hmm. about that. And I want to flush that out so much more. And, and, and why we don't read that like in systematic theology books. Is yeah. that, it, it is this, you know, like, the, I mean, just the big questions that you think about this kind of stuff. Is this like a paycheck? Is this like me working for something and, and then getting the paycheck in return? Like Paul says, that that's not what grace is. Is that like this? Or is this something different? Is this something that a, a, a means by which God himself has given to us to say, hey, this will help you out. Do this. This is what it's mm-hmm. going to do. We might not have all of the, this is why we're talking about these things. The Bible doesn't say exactly everything that partaking in the Lord's Supper done. But this is why we get together to talk about them, right? And yeah. so so uh Josh uh, Sherman, what is what is the what what is the Eucharist to you? Like and, and thank you so much for that answer about Christianity, bro, because I think you're spot on. I really do. It it, it is a religion. It is a relationship. And whenever you combine the two, instead of trying to separate them, like we, we kind of hear, mm-hmm. like we never hear these two things together. Yes, it is a religion, and yes, it is a relationship. But whenever you combine those two things, it just seems like it makes it a whole lot better. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. But can, All right. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, can yeah, I, dude, please. I'm sorry. This, I don't mean to is, ramble. Both of what you guys have been saying, and I— this I, I I love this episode already, um, but the the both of what you guys have said, and by the way, Jer- Sherman, that was a fantastic answer to what is Christianity. Mm-hmm. The incarnation is the right answer, I think. That is exactly the right answer. Yeah. And it's like, what is the Eucharist then? It's like to some, like like uh, like you pointed out, Tyler, it is kind of like the incarnation, yeah. right? It's participating in part of the incarnation, but in 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 the protestant world it's like a memorial service in which i participate in uh uh, the memory of what christ did for me and others like me who are now in him and the rejoicing that comes out of the sorrow because you know this kind of blessed are those who mourn uh kind of uh, uh experience where you have this like almost joyful sorrow because you re- you remember and you recognize the cross and then you see it and then you feel the pain of, of loss, but also the joy of resurrection because you know the story, you know what happened, yeah. you know? And so uh, seeing that the, the story didn't end in the pit, like it had this beautiful U-shape that came right back up 
but higher than you could ever imagine because that's where he came from was higher than you could ever imagine. So it's like the ultimate U-shaped story, you know, like mm -hmm. what we're experiencing when we're, when we're taking the communion or the Eucharist, whatever terminology you'd like to use, I think it, what we're doing in, in some more real sense than not real is, is taking in the elements of what Christ himself says is the, the, the thing that he wants to use to represent himself. It's like, okay, well, then I don't think it, making it a biological claim about the substance of the, the thing you're eating, <laughs> right. I don't think that's necessarily the, the focal point anymore. The focal point is Christ and what it is he's translating to you in something as simple as eating and drinking or bathing, which mm -hmm. is really, we're talking about baptism and, and, and eating at a table together, which is what we, we should be doing with our families every night. Uh, yep. It is ritualistic what we do with our families. We eat at the table every night. We talk to one another and we have communion, common sure. union with one another at the table. It's like all of these things are, are references to things that we, we literally do all the time. And they're, they're the most meaningful things that you do, but they're the most repetitious. They're, they're the most like mm -hmm. a ritual. So I think that we should probably get over ourselves in this idea that ritual is just bad outright. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> so, I mean, when you talk about what is the Eucharist, maybe the, the the easiest place to start is is even just in starting with the term itself, uh, because I think what we usually think of when you come from Calvary Chapel, like I did growing up, is that the Eucharist is the fancy high church word for communion, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't have context for it, right? Not um, so much. <laughs> but I I mean, Eucharistia is 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 like Thanksgiving. Um, and so there's this sense, and, and this is one of the things that, you know, I don't understand all of it. And so, like, I don't really know where I sit on, on some of how all this works and, and comes together and, and, and all of that. But when you get into some of the, the Eastern views on this and you start reading Orthodox Fathers and, and, and the way that they do this and the way they think about it, it's just very different. And you really get this sense that, that it's it's connected to you know kind of the it's connecting heaven and earth it's connecting um us with kind of the the end goal that god has created us for so it's almost like we get a glimpse into the future um yeah. right. through doing this and you have this sense and and Callistos Ware talks about this as well that we're we're not primarily rational beings, actually, although we are that. We're primarily Eucharistic beings. And what he means in that is that what God set up in creation was this thing where he provides, right? And so Adam and Eve could go toil and, and you know, till the fields and then later toil after, <laughs> after the, you know, being expelled from the garden when creation got thrown out of whack by their rebellion. But they could still, you know, get food and be nourished from that. And then they could transform that, that wheat and that those grapes into right. bread and wine, and bring that to God right. essentially as an offering. And mm. you see Melchizedek do that with Abraham. He's like, "Hey, you know, let's let's go ahead and you know let's let's have something to eat here." And you get this almost kind of prefiguring, if you will, of of the Eucharist in this this way where we we don't see a lot of detail, but it's just it's like this moment dropped in the middle of the narrative where you're like. Well, that was weird. <laughs> and then later we see Melchizedek show yeah. up and it's like, oh, wow, like that was actually very meaningful. And I never I didn't get it at the time. Um, but then you have this sense of 
God then taking that and transforming it and giving it back to us for our nourishment spiritually. Right. Um, and whether that's transforming that in the way that Rome sees it, where it's truly something, you know, somehow transformed in substance, or the way the East sees it, where it's it's transformed and it is the body and the blood of Christ, but they don't really try to explain how. Yeah. <laughs> or you're like, we right. don't know how this works. It just is because he said it is and we believe it. Um, or, yeah, you yeah. know, when you look at like Calvin, you know, he's talking about this kind of, you know, spiritual um, presence with um he doesn't really like in with and under like Luther, but um, you know, you definitely get the sense that this is spiritual food that is meant to nourish us spiritually and to, to help us to become more and more like Christ. Yeah. Can I, can I say something else actually? Cause you just gave me another mm. epiphany kind of like it. And, <laughs> and this is, this is what I meant earlier. This by is like why a, we have Sherman on. Right, 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 right. Mm. So, okay. So, so you said something about the, the grain and the, the grape. Yeah. becoming the bread and the wine. It's like, okay, yes. well, the grain and the grape are actually analogies Christ used for us. And the, mm. the bread and the wine is the intended state of the grain and the grape and its growth. And ultimately, <laughs> what, what I think we're doing is trying to take in what it is we mean to become, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mean, so it, then it, we are the grain and the grape trying to become the bread and the wine. Like Christ says, he is the bread and the wine. We take him yeah. in. That makes sense yeah. to me, yeah. 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 And so it's almost this, this kind of, you are what you eat, but in like a, a very like <laughs> mystical sense and not like, you know, I, I'm a fat <laughs> potato exactly chip what I now. I said to Tyler you know? yesterday or was it, was it the day before? That was, that's so funny you said that. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you think about it, you know, like there's something about that that makes sense to me and, and it doesn't have to make sense at the level of it. It's like, you know, I, I totally understand everything or I totally buy into yeah. a particular view of it, but just that sense of God providing for us, yeah. right? And um, one of the things yeah. that, you know, the other words we use for it is is communion. So you, we have this Thanksgiving, Eucharistia, um, and then we have communion. And like, I don't know about you, but my, my experience growing up was mostly that taking communion was this kind of time between you and God to get yourself right so you don't partake in an unworthy manner. Right. So right. you receive forgiveness to focus on mm -hmm. his death. And, and, it, and it was very much like those were kind of the, it was me and God, and it was very individualistic and kind of had those kind of barriers on the sides. And it's not exactly I'm coming a to see communion. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like for, for one, I, I never really, I didn't even really get the sense that it was like God inviting me to sit at the table and commune with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, like, I think that kind of remained you know, more, it remains more implicit because we're really doing it all together. And so we're kind of right. acting that part out rather than uh, explicitly right. explaining that part of it is that you're really more kind of yes. just really yes. participating, but you don't realize the depth of that part also. Cause I don't, you're right. I don't think there's, there's enough emphasis maybe in some areas yeah. about like the impact it is to not have this lone wolf Christian experience that we come yeah. to the Lord's table together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the together yeah. part is the other part about it. When you think about communion, it's like literally we're doing this together. Of course, this should be something that then is helping to bind us together as the body of Christ. Like, mm, yeah, we are partaking of the body and the blood, and we're becoming the body of Christ. Like, there's very much a transformational side of things there. And this is one of the can things I, that I think I, can I, I disagree with. Can I ask a, like with. a tangent yeah, question real quick? I, I have like a yeah. tangent question because what uh, – Okay, so 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 we both know that that communion 
as we would say in the Protestant world, is something that, like you said, was kind of personalized in a way. Um, yeah. But but not so much that necessarily I would think that there's a lot of Protestants who practice a communion in their prayer closet alone. Um, right. I, I don't think that we actually took it to that point necessarily in our practices to where we're just having our own private Eucharist in a closet. Um, and, and, and I think that perhaps is it the case that it would, would it be appropriate then to have a, a, a Eucharistic practice in your own home privately with your family as the house priest, like you're the, fa you're the father of the house, yeah. uh, and you play that pastoral role for your home. Are you meant to bring the Eucharist or is this something that is explicitly for what you think the church is meant to be as the establishment, the church, the body, rather than just the family unit as a separate kind of portion. Do you, you understand what I'm asking? So yeah, yeah. kind of like Joshua real quick. So kind of like if it is the Eucharist is taking and even giving, like giving and receiving of the Eucharist, is it something that is meant for church or can you do this like in your own home? Because yeah. I'm going to be honest with you guys, I have, I've, I've done it at my home before. Right. Me too. So yeah. Go ahead. I mean, this is part of the exploration that, uh, that I'm in right now is trying to kind of figure some of this stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think the one thing that I would definitely say I wouldn't do is partaking of it in your own home if you are not connected to a church. Agreed. Right. If you're using that as a, this ain't a substitute, I would not yeah. do that. Um, this is not substitutionary yeah. Yeah. Sac sacramentum. <laughs> yeah. If, if, you're if you're talking about doing that as a way of... Um, of being in communion with God and with your family in, in a meaningful way as, as a supplement to what you're doing with your church, you mm -hmm. know, on a regular basis, that gets more interesting. I, I honestly don't know what I think of that now. Um, I, I think it's beautiful. I also, there are things that I see with it in, in terms of connection to church that I'm just like, I feel like Agreed. this needs to be done together. Right. And, that, that's, that's kind of why yeah. I asked that is because you emphasized yeah. just now mm -hmm. and I agreed with you about the communal yeah. aspect of communion, yeah. right? Of yeah. the, the thanksgiving that we're giving toward God as a community of his yeah. body, his people, like housing his spirit as a community and partaking yeah. in something that expresses the, the will of his spirit. Uh, yeah. You know, like the, because the, all of this is, it, it is deeply meaningful, but, but when we make it too personalized, I think maybe what my question was is in the personal life of, of me as a husband, who takes yeah. the role of pastor of my own home when I prepare something like bread and grape juice for mm. my own family. And yeah. I, I pray over these things and then I administer to them and I read, uh, you know, the same passages. Like, is it necessarily that I'm doing something that's, that's kind of strange fire situation? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. You know, I Fair mean, enough. That's where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure yeah. that out. I do think it's really interesting. A couple of things there. So, um, one of the things you get into Calvin, especially when he starts talking about the Popish mass and he starts to go after that because he believed they were doing a lot of things incorrectly. Yep. One of the practices that they had was uh, giving communion in one kind. Um, so they would only give people, and I actually forget if it was the cup or the bread, but they would only give people one of them if they weren't mm -hmm. a priest. Um, and he's just like, no. And I totally agree. Like that, that's crazy. No, don't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we're meant to have both of those things to nourish us in the spiritual life. Both Another one was by Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would you not do like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, the other, other, another one of the things he got after was private uh, mass. Um, so you would have priests that would do it and, and they would partake of it themselves kind of separately from the people. And mm. it's just like, no, that, that's not what that's supposed to be. Right. And, and I totally agree with him uh. there too. And, and if you actually look at the, the practices in, in the East, 
and I don't want to speak totally blanket because there are different, you know, Orthodox churches and they're not as centralized as Rome. So they might have some differences in practice, but my general understanding of it is, is that the private mass is something that's like not even possible. Like yeah. you're not supposed to do that. Right. You have to have at least right. one person there. And I almost get this sense and I, I could be wrong with this, but a little bit of speculation. I almost wonder if that, that passage where, where Christ says, you know, wherever two or, or three are gathered in my name, I'm there mm. is Eucharistic. Mm. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, there's nothing stopping the spirit from being with me as I'm praying by myself. Right. Right. So but there is something distinct. Why about is being it in at least two believers? <laughs> yes, exactly. Is, like, is that it? Is that the, is that it that separates being in the community of believers versus being separate from them? Maybe. Well, I don't think that's one thing. I think that there's a lot Ooh. that that means because sure. there's uh, if 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 I think we're looking at it in the way that that Josh is talking about all the people that we're around when we surround ourselves with true believers are actually people are, who are in the future going to judge angels and, and seeing that they're actually expressions right. of God's authority and life in the earth right mm -hmm. now. And then yeah. reverencing them as they reverence you and being in participation with their presence alone is to be in the presence of those who are with God. And therefore to let's say have more God in the room. Like, I don't know how mm -hmm. else to expect, like, it's almost like, I'm being too technical, maybe, but like it's like you're you're really assembling the body. Yes, you're putting well, more pieces I, together. You're assembling the body. So I might read from First Corinthians 11 because uh, this yeah. talks about yeah, this. Yeah, go ahead. And this is something that that I just hit me the other day, kind of looking at this, <clears> is thinking the the things that we tend to focus on. And um, we're actually skipping forward, but it, it is fine. Um, yeah. So. You think about the things we usually focus on in, in communion, uh, it, growing up in, in a less or non-sacramental church, it's, you know, I'm going to focus on remembering Jesus's death. I'm going to focus mm -hmm. on getting right with God to avoid partaking in an unworthy manner. I might be focusing, probably am focusing on my private relationship with God. I might be focusing on the sacrifice's accomplishment and forgiveness, right? So Christ's mm -hmm. sacrifice for me, I get forgiveness from that, focusing on that. What we don't usually see people focusing on are, are some of the other things that are more communal. And, th and this is where I, I, I just want to wonder, have these things in our head as I read First Corinthians 11. We don't usually focus so much on healing divisions in the body where, the, where possible. You know, Obviously, if you have people that are taking on her heretical beliefs and trying to kind of split the church, that's a division that might need to happen so they go away and stop infecting things sure. <laughs> but that's different from i'm just mad at this person because they took my parking spot like you know <laughs> right um if we don't usually focus on meeting with god corporately for a meal together and and usually this is just in the way that we even present things we'll usually read from usually the apostle paul talking about do this in remembrance of me and so we kind of do it because jesus said to do it to remember him and that's we're just like mm -hmm. well he said to do it i guess we'll do it but i think we lose sight of the fact that this is god inviting us into a meal together and providing the meal himself giving of his divine life yes. for us to partake of right. right that's so important right uh we don't focus on um uh, partaking like uh on being knit together as the body of christ connected to christ our head in that process, usually so much. We also don't right. usually focus so much on proclaiming his death, although that's part of what Paul talks about. We don't usually, or, you know, some of us will focus on individually meeting with God for a meal with him. But a lot of times we even lose the meal. 
And we don't usually focus on discerning the body, right? And that's something that, right. that you see actually in me. Chris Austin talks about it. Calvin talks about it. Like, and there are different takes on what that means. But let me just read the passage and then we can talk a little bit about maybe yeah. a couple of the things that just pop, right? So this is 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through, I think I'm going to, yeah, 34. Um, so it's a long passage, but that's all right. Uh, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you. Because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. I mean, that's a good way to <laughs> introduce that. Like, you're doing it wrong. Okay. So how are they doing it wrong? For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. Oh, wait, maybe we should be focusing on trying to heal those where we can. And I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Okay. So we're not going to heal all divisions, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. There's you know, a reason you know. for them. Yeah, like some of them we should be we should be working on and others they're, you know, okay, they probably are just there for a reason. Yeah. When you come together, it is not the Lord's supper that you eat. Oh. Like, okay, so why is he saying it's not the Lord's supper? For in eating each one goes ahead with his own meal, one goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. Right. And so here, Pause. what he's addressing is the fact, yeah, that yeah. they have this this larger meal that was going on, this agape uh, feast that was going on, that was part of their practice, as well as partaking specifically of the Eucharist. Um, so there is this larger communal thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah check this out, too, Josh, real quick. It says, yeah. look back in 19, for there must, in fact, be divisions among you so that you who are approved may be evident. So. The, the problem is divisions, and now look back in 21. For when it's time to eat, everyone proceeds with his own supper. There's another division among the divisions. I yes. just noticed that, right? Like in yeah. their dividing, even whenever they're now coming to take the Lord's Supper, they're dividing again. Rich are coming to, you know, get all of the right. meals, and now some of the poor people are even going hungry. So there's an unnecessary division that needs to be healed yes. right there. <laughs> they're literally coming together not to come together. To exactly. Come together. Like, it's like, this is exactly. making sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going on. That's an interesting there. emphasis. So then they're not what... actually displaying. Yeah. They're not actually displaying the thing that Christ said would be our calling card, which is, in fact, that our, our love, love for one, for one, one another. another. Unity. Yes. yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so then okay, are so... they really displaying the image of God? Are they being dead minded mm. when they do that? Is that what you're saying? I yeah. mean, I would definitely say I that would. I'm just playing it well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, because yeah. I'm, I'm trying to – here's the thing. is like I, I've come to learn, and this is something that's really profound to my heart because I have a, I've, I have a lot of intuition in this direction, that, mm -hmm. that I, I've, I've kind of come to learn through reading a lot of systematic theology and that kind of thinking that it's almost like uh, really believing a symbol of a thing, like really, really believing a symbol of a thing is real, is like a no-no. And it's like, mm. I, I think that's so weird. Like, why? What, what would really be the issue if it were, we're not talking about a legal declaration for just a moment? We're talking about the bread and the wine and the instruction and the meaning that Christ himself asserts right on top of the thing that you're doing. And it's mm -hmm. like, what's okay. Why, why would we have to make this into a biological thing? But even if you did, like you said earlier, 
like what you eat is what you are and what you are is what you eat. And it's like, we say that now as like a, a health nut thing. Right. But really yeah. mm-hmm. what we're talking about is the fact that like, let's say you eat something, you eat like a, 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 a pizza or whatever you eat, like a, a salad and then your body, it takes it, it breaks it down to its smallest parts. It fragments it, but then it unifies it with you. Yeah. Mm. And then you use it for your will. Like, okay, yeah. so then when we, we come into Christ, he's taking us and he's assimilating us to himself to use us uh, for his will, right? A, and then so when we spirit. come together and he says, in order to maintain this connection and life that you have, you're going to need yeah. this thing that I'm going to provide for you. And then he says mm. something as, as plain as eating and drinking. And we go, well, then it can't really be like, why not? It can't really be like, really? <laughs> right. Right. Because what does Jesus even say in John six? Right. And, and, and we can talk about if this is, you know, if, if he's alluding to the Eucharist in this passage, but he says, if you don't, you have no life in you. If you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, if you don't consume me, you have no life in you. Right. And so I think that I, Josh, I think you're, I think you're on right on point whenever you say that, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, it's, it's kind of this thing where it's, it, it, when 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 you look at the 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 scope of what it is that he's is setting up here, he didn't he didn't yeah. like take Peter and John aside and be like, "All right, guys, this is how you're going to explain it later." Like he did this with everybody, <laughs> right? Yeah. He did this with everybody present. They all saw it. They all experienced it. He presented it to them, yeah. and then they took it, and then they presented it to others. And all the way down to, to where Paul's presenting it to others. And Paul's telling us, this is exactly how it was given to me is what I'm giving to you. This is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. And and that's where we are in the verse. So I guess I might keep reading. <laughs> yeah. um, Can I, so, uh, real quick, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, right. I don't want to get off on this, but this might go off into, <laughs> a, in, into a tangent. But I do want to ask this because we're, we're, we're wrapping up on time. Um, do you think that, Judas's betrayal at this moment, whenever it was instant, go back and read, you know, in the Gospels, the Lord's Supper account. This is on Passover, right? And there's one thing that stands out to me going back and prepping for the show is that Judas's betrayal happens here at the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Right, be- right before. Uh, yeah. my, my, mm-hmm. my question, Josh, do you think, uh, Josh Herman, do you think that there's some significance there in the betrayal that that's how it how it worked out? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. At that time, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. it, I, I think you could look at that a few different ways. You know, one is you know you're saying this is my body, this is my blood. It's like Judas has to be sitting there going like, but here's the you thing. know what I'm about to do. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> Judas know? eat? What you know. the, that's the, that's the significant thing though. We're talking yeah. about we become what we eat, right? Judas yeah. ate. Jesus, they're all asking, yeah. "Who's going to be the one that betrays you?" What's Jesus' answer? The one, the one who's dipping the bread t- in the cup. And, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He still, he still took it. He still ate it, and Satan still entered him. What's yeah. going on there? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as we get down a little bit in, into Paul, you definitely get the sense that that it's possible to partake in an unworthy manner, and that's a bad yeah. thing. You know, sure. and so, you know, whatever we're going to say in an unworthy manner is, I think Judas probably is about as archetypal as you get with that. Probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I think that's a very good point for getting into the question of whether this is something that just automatically, you know, it's like once the bread is transformed, you know, this is going to automatically give you grace. Like, I don't mm. think it works that way. It does no. seem to me that there's something going on there that is kind of automatic in the sense that now it's important enough that it's not just bread and wine where if you eat, nothing happens if it's, mm -hmm. if you're unworthy, like something bad can happen if you eat in an unworthy You manner. can incur judgment. Right. Yes. Yeah. So like mm -hmm. clearly it's not just like this is still just a, a, a rice cracker wafer and right. some like it's uh, neutral. Welch's grape juice. Yeah. And, it's and, not like, you're not going to get a blessing for it, but you're not going to get a right. curse neither. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if it truly was just physical with nothing spiritual going on. And I, I think part of the problem that we have is that we're trying to approach this in a dualistic world where we see the mm. physical and the spiritual as two different things that are very separate. And that's really just not how the ancient world saw things. Nope. So they that's part of the other. issue, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but synergistically. Anyway, I'll cut to no. the chase on on on, uh, on First Corinthians eleven. <laughs> there you go. Um, so what he, what he says, he then goes into Calvary you know brothers. I received this. <laughs> I know um, what I received Sorry. from the Lord. I also deliver to you, right? And he talks about what we're used yeah. to hearing. You know, do this in remembrance of me. This is my body. Yep. This is my blood. Those things, right? And then he says, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person yep. examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who drinks and eat, eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. Yep. One of the things that I think is really interesting here is he doesn't say without discerning the body and blood. Mm. He says without discerning the body. And in the context, the introduction is you have people that are coming together but not coming together. And the closing is, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone's not, like, there's the sense that, like, this is very spiritual. This is very deep. It's also something that's meant to bring us together. And if we're not doing that, we're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I think about growing up, yes, we partook of it together in the sense that we did it at the same time. Mm -hmm. But a lot of our focus, I feel like, was me and God. Yeah. And, you know, we could be in an in a out, outright war with the people in the, in the seat, you know, 10 seats down from us once mm -hmm. we leave the building. And it never, those two domains never touch. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that's wrong. So how do we, you know, how do we approach this in a, in a better way? recognizing that God is making us into his body through this process as well as working on us individually. What That's a good question, Josh. What do you think we need to do? I mean, is this a doctrine that divides? I mean, I, I in some sense, I think it is. Don't get me wrong. Like, I am yeah. perfectly, you know, anyone who views this in any way, right, it seems like if you are partaking of this, it, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is, it doesn't seem like the emphasis in the Bible is necessarily how this works because there's a lot of spiritual things that, you know, I'm yeah. perfectly capable and, and, and thrilled to say, I don't understand how they work. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time to sit there and say that this, you know, to, to bring this back down into layman's terms, I guess for me anyway, to say that there's nothing spiritual that happens, that this is only symbolic is a stretch at, 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 
best and and just flat out wrong at worst. You know what I mean? I do think yeah. because you have it right here even in First Corinthians 11, there's so many more passages that we could touch on. You know, like, I mean, I just, if you want to read about this, if you want to read, go and read First Corinthians 10, First Corinthians 11, Matthew 26, First John 13, or I'm sorry, John 13. You know, it's all over. Go back, yeah, that, that's homework tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Go read the gospel <laughs> accounts and even First Corinthians 10, 11 but about the Lord's Supper and, and, and see it and, and, and hear it and read the words and take them in and consume it, right? Something spiritual is happening, and we have it right here in 1 Corinthians 11, right? Mm-hmm. People are judged if we take this in an unworthy manner. Paul goes on, he says, this is why some of you are sick. This is why some of you are weak. This is why some of you are what? Dead. Yeah. This is spiritual chastisement. And sometimes spiritual chastisement has a physical, a physical reality, a physical effect. God took their life for participating in the Lord's Supper, something that we should esteem so high, right? Uh, you know, no, obviously not higher than God. Obviously, I'm not saying we should worship the Eucharist, but at the same yeah. time, we should realize, and not only realize. But participate in a worthy matter. How do you do that? Paul says to examine yourself, right? And and, and this is where church discipline really needs to, I, I think, it would be good for me, and I think it would be good for everybody else if church discipline became a thing again, right? We, we, we don't have church discipline because this is what God does whenever that don't happen. He makes us weak in our faith. He takes our lives. You know, he makes us sick. He allows these things to happen to us. Why? Because they're for our good. Romans 8.28. These things, this chastisement here is for us specifically because as Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says, God loves us. He chastises us to make us more like Christ. And everything that happens to us, we're being made more like Christ. So my point is, and I'll quit rambling, if everything we do makes us more like Christ, then why wouldn't the thing that Jesus specifically commanded us to do, one of them, he gave us two, some would argue seven, but baptism and the Lord's Supper, why wouldn't, why shouldn't we expect something significant to happen whenever we do these things that Jesus commands us to do in the old Testament. We see in the old Testament, we see what happens whenever you obey God, you get blessing for it. And we also see what happens whenever you disobey God, you get curses for it. Nothing's changed. It seems like the, 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 the things we have to do are a lot less or, you know, are a lot less. They're, they're a lot more bearable. Jesus says, my burden is light. What does he call us to do, ladies and gentlemen? Repent and believe. Change the way you think about Messiah, about King Jesus, and trust him with your life. That's the gospel. And then serve him. And then serve him. Yes, that's part of that repentance. We, Whenever we change the way we think, it is naturally going to flow out from in our works in our good deeds our good hearts our changed hearts will it you'll see it you have to you will know them by their works right well, and so when that, it, yeah go ahead josh go ahead. i was just going to say that you know changing the way you think isn't just you know come around to the right doctrine although that's important right yeah. um but in a lot of ways really what it was when you look at gospel it's you know place your loyalty here and not somewhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. So don't go looking to Rome. Don't go looking to, you know, 
Assyria or Egypt or where, whatever in the ancient times, you know, for us, yeah. it's, you know, don't go looking to politicians. Don't go looking to uh, other gods. Don't go looking to, you know, whatever your, your favorite vice is, your allegiance needs to be in me. Yeah. And like, that's, that's huge. And God and God and, and, you know, wrapping up, you know, we've got about two minutes left. Enjoy. Like we, we, I, I really hate to say this, but I, and I know I'm guilty of it myself, but we do a lot of arguing. We spend a lot of time arguing on Facebook about theology. The next time <laughs> you go to church, the next time you participate in communion, right, in the Lord's Supper, in the Eucharist, do two things. One, enjoy it, and two, be nourished by it spiritually, mm-hmm. right? Do those two things the next time. Enjoy it. Rejoice in your worship, right? Because I think both elements, the individual aspect and the corporate aspect, are so important. The individual, we do get right with God at communion, right? We confess our sins before him. We lay it all out in the open, and then we remember we're forgiven. We taste the bread. We see it. We feel it. We consume it. We eat the or we drink the wine. We, fi- we see it. We feel it. We consume it, right? These two things are very, very beautiful for the senses in that we can see, we can taste, we can touch, we can do what John and Peter said. We were with him, right, in that. And I'm not saying that the bread is Jesus in this sense, but in a spiritual sense, we are with him whenever we fellowship and partake of his supper, right? And and so I think that's the practical steps to take away from this. Enjoy Christ. First and foremost, if your faith is not in Christ, trust him. We will all stand before God on Judgment Day, whenever whenever that is, whenever Christ comes back to judge the world. We will stand before him either guilty or innocent. Christ said there's only one way, one way, and that's through him. Trust him. Repent. Know he's God. Know he is Jesus. Know he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the third day, and in that you rose with him. Believe that, that he's coming back to judge the world, and you will be saved. Believe in him and then show your works through love and repentance, love, worship, and obedience, and 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 enjoy God, enjoy Jesus, because this is what He came for. He came to give us new life, and we thank Him, and we worship Him, and we praise Him every single day. Right? We 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 try to do this every single day. Josh, we got one minute left, brother. Any any closing remarks? Oof. Which well, one? I, I'm going to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Well, uh, I'll, I'll bring up a buzzword that, that, that I know both of us will talk about, um, and that's participation. Uh, yeah. And recognizing that, ah. you know, this is us participating in Christ. It's us becoming part of his body. It's yeah. us becoming one together. It's us being part of the incarnation extended throughout time. Uh, so, like, yeah. if that doesn't blow your mind, let it blow yeah. your mind a little bit and then let That's it transform right. you because Christ yeah. is in the, in the yeah. business of transforming us into himself. Amen. Joshua Sherman, thank you I so much, brother, probably, for coming on, man. That's we really probably the last thing I would say, too, bro. Yeah. That, that, that participation and becoming. Understand yeah. when yep. you're taking the communion with your brothers and sisters, you guys are participating and becoming the body of Christ. That's what we're doing there. That was beautiful, man. Thank you for that. That's right. That's right. And and Josh Sherman, thank you so much, man. Where where can people find you real quick? Um, what's your YouTube channel and uh, where yeah. can people find you? A YouTube channel is Tending Our Nets. Uh, and that's, you know, play off of the fact that we're supposed to be fishers of men. Uh, yep. to focus on trying to be better at understanding and then presenting the gospel. 
That's right. That's right. Josh, yeah. Davidson, what do we got next time, man? Ten seconds. What You got anything for the week coming up Friday? What do you think uh, we, next Friday? What I we got next for people? Friday was, uh, was our discussion with J.D., wasn't it? Yes. We have J.D. and Josh Sherman back with us again uh, next week. Um, to, to discuss some some interesting things that I will let you guys know a little bit later on in the week what we're going to talk about there. But Josh Sherman, J.D. Martin will be back with us next week. So thank you guys for tuning in. God bless. Good night. And we will see you next time on the Complete Center's Guide. Have a good one.